Amen? Um, but since the 1st of April, we've been on a, on a theme concerning wealth and wellness, talking about wealth and being well, being wealthy in every way and being well in our bodies, in our spirit, in our soul, just living, being a whole well person in every way. Um, so we've been addressing and touching a, a lot of different things. Last Sunday, um, we shared, was I here last Sunday? Yes. Last Sunday, we shared uh, on, our title was The Heart. And we're going we're gonna to add a little bit to that. And I have a third title. <clears throat> so this is Wealth and Wellness, and we're talking about the heart. But today we're also talking about trust. Um, how to trust God with all of your heart. We, we touched on it last week, but I've got some things that, that I feel like are important to say. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and as we were ministering on Wednesday night concerning wellness and being well in our bodies, um, I, I mentioned this when I first started preaching, and I'm going to mention it again to you today because you're going to see it in, in the teaching that Jesus encouraged people in. Um, that you, you never become familiar with the teaching of God's Word. Amen. When there's a familiarity of the teaching of the Word, then it becomes something that's common. God's Word is not common, it's uncommon. It, 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 it's, not, it's not the norm of worldly thinking. It goes against the grain of worldly thinking. And it's just the way it is. I'm not trying to be, you know some extremist about it. It's just the way it is. And you can't ever take it for granted, ever. And something that I heard a person say years ago, and I've used it many times, and I'm, I, think, I feel like in the last year or two, I've heard people make this comment over and over and over again. But it's something that I speak over myself, my life, my family, this church body, I speak over you, that we're, that we're people that never underestimate the power of the spoken word, that we never underestimate it. I mean, you can, you can become familiar with it to where you get bored with it, and there's many people that are bored, but what happens when you get bored with something? You get bored with something and you quit, right? You change. You do something different. And I'm not saying that there's not a lot of things along the way as you're be, being a doer of the Word, you're learning to apply God's Word to your life in your heart, and then putting that Word to work. There's a lot of new things that come alive, new revelation that comes to you about how to implement God's Word. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting discouraged and getting, getting complacent with speaking the word and not seeing and really having a reality of the power of the spoken word because there's no limitations to the outcome of the spoken word no limitations the key to it is that we believe it i've realized in my own life that there are a lot of things at different times in my walk with god that I was still developing. There were things that were, that were 
continuing to work on the inside of me and develop in me. And, and there were times when I was confessing the Word, but I knew in my heart that I didn't totally believe it. I was making certain confessions about things, but I was still developing that. And you're going to always be in a development state, but we don't want to constantly be developing something that should be part of our arsenal and our belief system. We want to be growing in revelation and understanding of God's Word. And so today, I want to I want to start with our foundational verse in 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, even as your mind is renewed above everything else. It doesn't say that in the New King James. In the King James, it says above everything else, above everything, I want you to prosper and be in health. I want you to be wealthy and well above everything else. Wealthy and well above everything else. The word prosperity in this 3 John 2, the main definition of that word prosperity is peace. To be prosperous is to be at peace within your heart and within your soul. As your mind is renewed and you become convinced that if God said something, then I don't care if it's Tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now or a year from now or 10 years from now, I don't care. I'm staying with it and I will not back off and it will come to pass because He promised it. You and I need to be reminded of those kind of things all the time. We're going to look at just three passages of Scripture today that literally talk about this. Um, In Luke 16... And I'm going to read, I've got three passages of Scripture to read from. Um, Well, actually, two passages and one verse. And and as I look at these passages, I'm going to read out of two or three different translations. Because I want you to see some things and I want to point out a couple things. Um, A couple of thoughts as we begin to read this, I want you to, I'm going to read these first, and then I want you to think about these as we look at this in Scripture. Um, The Bible is clear that the character and integrity of my life is who I really am. This, This is just, I mean, I thought that Character and and integrity was big in me. I thought it was big before. But in the last little bit of my life, it's become huge. And I'm going to say some things today that I think are going to really challenge you to the core of your walk with God. And it should. Not anything going to, you know, put condemnation on you or something like that, but just some certain things that challenge us. And over the last season of my life, God's really taken me to a place in challenging me about what I really believe. And I want you to think about these two statements. Character and integrity 
are who you really are. Your reputation is who people think you are. Character and integrity are who you really are. Your reputation that so many of us are more concerned about than anything else is just who people think you are. I don't need to be overly concerned about what other people think of me. My number one concern needs to be what God thinks of me. And what I believe regarding God's Word. And the truth is this. That the character and integrity and reputation need to come together and match. Because the Bible does talk about your reputation in your community and your jobs and where we work and people that we're around. Integrity and character has a lot to do with, am I a person that does what I say I'm going to do, or do I just talk a lot? And one thing that will help you in your life from now, today on, is to think before you talk. Think and listen to God before you put stuff out there. And there's so much you could have an opinion about. In the last season of my life, I can't tell you how many times I might be in a conversation with people, and later my wife will ask me, was there something wrong? I said, no, I'm thinking before I talk, and as I'm thinking before I talk, I don't have anything to say. (laughs) Because what I would have said would have been critical of somebody else. And I mean, I I worked really hard at removing any kind of criticism about people and talking ugly about people or whatever. But you realize you can just have an opinion about somebody. You can just like have an opinion about the way they wear their hair. You know, I could have an opinion about Brian Atkins and the way he wears his hair. And I could tell somebody else about it. And just having that opinion in my voice could have a kind of a little bit of a slant in the way I say things and, and, and maybe talk about his head of hair versus someone else's head of hair. And I guess the question that God keeps asking me and I'm asking you today is how much do we want to walk wealthy and well? That's the question. That's what this series came out of over this last season of my life. This series came out of how much do you want to live on the receiving end of my promises? Because all of God's promises have to do with wealth and wellness in one form or another, either directly or indirectly. How much do we want to be on the receiving end of all that God has for us? I say, I want it all. Amen? You say, well, that sounds kind of selfish. Well, he said I could have it all. So you can call it whatever you want, talk to him. I want it all. I want to be wealthy and well in every way. In every way. 
verse 10. Of Luke 16. He who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So there's riches and then there's true riches. If you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? In other words, if you've not been faithful in something that belongs to someone else, you can't be trusted. That's just a simple little example, and some people don't think of it, whatever. But I was doing some work at my house the other day, and um, I went to plug in my, uh, hadn't used my drill in a while, and I went to plug the battery in, and I plugged it in, and it was... I'd plugged it in way ahead of time when I was going to do the work. And the next morning, I was in my garage, and I looked at the battery, and it was still flashing red. What does that mean? Battery's gone. So the battery's gone, didn't have a spare battery, and didn't really have time to go buy another one or find it because it's kind of an ancient model. So Lee Dunning has a drill in his office. And he wouldn't mind if I used it, but I would never presume on something like that in using something that belongs to someone else without asking them. Just using a real simple little example. And I told him, I just need to use it over the weekend. Will you need it? He said, I don't need it at all. It's right there. Take it. And I said, I'll have it back on Sunday morning. Now, there's something about thinking before you say something and making sure that you can actually follow through with what you say. See, if in the back of your mind you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to probably forget to get that here by the, week, the end of the weekend, by Sunday, so I'm, I'm not doing that. But when I told him that, I'd already thought it through, and I saw myself bringing that drill back with the battery charged up. And this morning when I got to church, it was plugged in in his office and stuck where I, where exactly where I got it, and, and it was, had a fuller charge than when I got it. And, and you know... <clears throat> I, I, I've given mental assent to that, and years past, for the most part, I followed through with things like that. But he said here, when you're faithful with the little things, then he can trust you to be ruler over much. See, we're given opportunities like that. Did God kill the battery on my drill? No. But when an opportunity arises and a thought comes about what I could do to remedy the situation for the, just for the moment, God dropped that in my heart and that's what I followed through in. 
So we don't think that something like that is that important. But if you're not faithful in those, those little, small, insignificant, seemingly insignificant deals, then why would God trust you with something bigger? Notice this passage um, in the message. This is interesting. It's the way it's worded here. <clears throat> Verse 10. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. If you're crooked in small things, you'll be crooked in big things. What, is that all, what does that mean? All that means is you, you can't be trusted. So what we're talking about is not your reputation. Every one of us in here, maybe some of you sitting in here today, maybe I didn't follow through in something in your life. Everybody has missed it. Everybody's dropped the ball in things that I'm talking about. When you go to God and you're connected to God in what I'm talking about today... God will show you, He'll reveal to you what to do about past things, but that's not most important. Your reputation and what other people think of you is not most important. What's important is you keep it from happening again. God may say, you know what? You borrowed so-and-so's drill one time and, you know, you, you got paint on it or you did something or whatever. I want you to go buy that guy a new drill and just tell him you wanted to bless him with this drill. Maybe God will tell you to do something. Maybe God will say nothing. God's not in the business. Once we get born again and we repent of all our past mistakes, every screw-up you make in life, you're already forgiven before you do it. God's not as concerned about us cleaning up every mess that we make in our life as much as He is wanting us to be who we are today and being connected to Him and being more concerned about developing our heart attitude with Him toward others in life from today on. That's what He's really concerned about. He said, if you're not honest in the small jobs, who will put you in charge of the store? Now, anybody in here that you have people working under you when, you, when you see you can't trust them in a certain area, you're not going to give them all kinds of authority and responsibility, right? When they're not people of their word and they're not going to follow through with certain things, you're not going to just let people, you know, take your business all the way down, no. Likewise, if you work for someone else, if you don't understand these principles here, you'll never see yourself go to another level. Listen to me, we're going to read some things in the other passage, long passage that we're going to look at here in just a moment. We're going to read some things about why people don't stay with this process. The Bible's really clear why we don't. Why, when I say we, why all of us haven't at times, and, and why we abort certain processes that we're walking in and through in our life, the Bible's real clear why it happens. So I'm going to share with you what the Word says and some of my, my thoughts and ideas about what God has said to me over the last season of my life about having a heart that trusts God so that God can trust me. When I purpose 
to develop a heart that trusts God, not moved by what I see in the natural, then God knows he can trust me and he can use me. I believe what I'm sharing with you today and what I've shared with you uh, last Sunday and in, in, in this series about wealth and prosperity, I really believe that, that this heart thing is the key to everything else. And, I, and I'll say this. If you're sowing a financial seed with, with purpose to receive harvest, and areas of your heart that you know need to change are not changing, the seed falls on deadpan ground. But if you are developing your heart and you're choosing not to sow seed, (laughs) just because your heart's right doesn't mean there'll be harvest if you're not sowing seed. So one can't work without the other. We need the combination of the two. I need to be a person of reputation, but my reputation needs to be strong because I'm a man of integrity and character. Can you say amen? He said, just to finish the last part of this verse, no worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first And love the second, or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. Interesting passage. Now look at Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 25. This is just the verse I wanted to read. And then we're going to look at the last passage. Proverbs 29 and verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare. People that are more concerned about their reputation than what God thinks of them, it brings a snare. You know why? Because what other people think about you, you'll never be able to measure up. Never. Never. You may measure up in one person's eyes, maybe because you compromised or made them want to like you or something like that. But at the end of the day, there'll be a dozen more that you won't measure up in their eyes. Because it's not about what other people think about me or you. It's what God thinks. But look at the second part of that verse. Verse 25. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. You see, I don't underestimate the power of the spoken word, and I speak that verses, I speak the second part of that verse every day, multiple times a day. Multiple times a day, I declare that out of my mouth. I am a man who trusts God, and I am safe in the things of God. I am safe with God. I am safe with God. Listen, when you live in a safe place, you're free of fear. I'm just, 
encouraging you today to begin to be challenged in your life about how much that you're concerned about what other people think of you. Now, there, there, are diff, there are several people in my life that I'm concerned about what they think. I'm concerned, uh, and when I say concerned, I'm aware of what my wife thinks about me. That matters to me. I mean, big time. And, and I'm not living my life just to please her so she'll like what I do. She's in a specific role in my life as my wife, and things have to be right between us. So that matters. Pastor John Holler that was here uh, on the 29th preaching the Word and at Word First Conference this year, he's my pastor, our pastor, and it matters what he thinks about me because he speaks into my life, he's, he tells me things and, and holds me accountable to certain things, and it matters what he thinks about me. Two other men in my life that, that I submit my life to it, it, to a certain level, it matters to me what those men think of it, about me. Past that, I'm not doing things to just be spiteful to other people, but I can't let people's opinions of me affect the way I do what I do. Did you hear what I said? You can't allow just, just anybody and everybody to affect who you are because you are who God says you are. Amen? In our, in our prayer gathering that we do right around 10 o'clock every morning, every Sunday morning, today Nancy Reagan had a word, and somebody different always has a different word, but she had a really, really good word today about the blood of Jesus. That the blood of Jesus keeps all of humanity through the ages. The blood of Jesus keeps us, protects us. Because of what Jesus has accomplished, we're protected. We're cared for. We're safe. Can you say amen? We're, we're, in, a, we're in a safe place because of what Jesus was willing to do for us. So we have nothing to be afraid of if we trust Him and know He has our best interest. I promise you, people will fail you somewhere down the road. And, and you know what? I think in most situations, most people don't fail other people on purpose. They fail you because their perception of something or a certain situation is different than yours. Most people, I mean, we're talking about how many... How many billion on the planet? Six billion? Something like that? Eh, maybe four. What's an what's extra two billion, right? Somewhere between four and six billion on the planet. But most people are not evil. Most people don't want to hurt other people. Most people don't. I, 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 just, I, I just choose to believe that. Maybe that's not true. I just think that's the way it is. But because of lack of revelation and understanding, people find themselves hurting other people or letting other people down because of their perception. Because most, in most situations, people's perception is selfish. Life is about them and what pertains to them. We're learning for life to not be about us individually. We're learning through the Word of God how that life is about how we live our life giving to others. Can you say amen? Turn to Mark chapter 4, and we, 
This is where we ended last week. And I'm going to end in this passage of Scripture today, but I want to read a little bit of it. Mark chapter 4. And uh, I'm going I'm to read out of the New Living Translation in Mark chapter 4. And um, I think I'm going to start in verse 10 or somewhere in there. Um, so, so Jesus tells his disciples and the people that were with him, actually, where this account took, took place. I've, I've been there a couple of times when I've been in Israel, and the crowd got kind of big, and so Jesus got in the boat, and they kind of moved the boat away from the shore. And our tour guide, first time I was there, our tour guide said, this is right where Jesus walked to, and then probably it was Peter's boat, and he got in it and moved the boat back a little ways so he could see the people and talk to them. Anyway, I just thought that, that, that was free. But uh, so he, he's, he's sharing with them about, he's sharing with them a parable regarding the sower of the word, a farmer sowing. But he didn't give them any explanation about it. So it says in, in, in verse 10 here that later when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. And he replied, you're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, and I'm reading this out of the uh, New Living Translation. Are we, yeah, we're, you're watching that. When they see what I do, they will, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Now, we've read this passage in a couple of different places in the last few weeks. But where hearing and seeing, they don't see or hear. They're hearing something, but they're not hearing something. They're hearing something here, but they're not hearing it. They're seeing it with these eyes, but they're not seeing spiritually into what's really being said. And he said, lest they turn to me and be forgiven. Now, this was before the cross and what he was talking about. He had given his disciples this kind of down payment of the anointing and of the Holy Ghost in their life before the crucifixion, before the resurrection or the ascension. And he's saying, you guys are understanding some things here, but most of these people aren't understanding anything, but there'll be a day that they will ask for forgiveness and they'll come into the kingdom of God and their eyes will be able to see and their ears will be open to see. So then he says, starting with verse 13, he said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? In other words, if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you won't understand anything else. 
The farmer plants seed, verse 14, by taking God's word to others. I'm going to say it again. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. And I'm going to just make this point. God created you to be a farmer. Say, I'm a farmer. Okay? What does a farmer do? He doesn't just spend all of his investment on himself. He takes the seed to other people. The way we get out of ourselves and into actively being a part of advancing the kingdom of God is that we're living our lives to sow into other people. But to do that, we have to actively be in a position like you are this morning to hear the words sown in your heart. I'm the farmer today sowing seed into your life. Different farmers, different forms of farming, different forms of seed sowing, but everybody was created to be a farmer. And what does a farmer do? He takes his seed and he sows it into others. He said, if you don't understand this, you won't understand anything else. So the farmer sowed it. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's Word. And you know, I just want to talk about, as we, as we finish this part of this message today, I want, I want you to leave with something that is going to impact the way you view your life. I said at the beginning that you can't ever become complacent with the teaching of the Word because then you'll lose this. I can't tell you how many people through the years have made this comment to me. Everything seemed good in my life until I started coming to church. I didn't, I didn't begin to receive, you know, deal with issues or have things come against me the way I have since I've come to church. He said right here, the seed on rocky soil, in other words, not developed soil, and the soil represents the condition of our heart. In different areas, in different times in my life, my soul of my heart in certain areas of my heart have been rocky, difficult, this, that, but do we stay that way? No. We're going to keep developing. The confession and declaration of the Word of God to where I'm hearing myself and I'm sitting under the teaching of the Word and hearing the Word taught continues to renew my mind and, and, and the knowledge of the Word in my head begins to become revelation in my heart so the soil of my heart begins to soften. It doesn't stay rocky. He said in this, in this rocky soil... He said, since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. 
They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecuted for believing God's Word. I promise you, you'll be persecuted for believing God's Word. I promise you, persecution comes because of the Word. Now, what does that reveal to us? If the only reason that persecution or things are coming against you that you didn't feel like were happening, and a lot of times people just have this forgetfulness about really what was going on before they got under the Word, you know. But if all you did was just change a location of where you're coming and sitting and hearing the Word and persecution started, then it's not a natural thing, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual attack. It's against your life. It's coming against you because you're changing the way you're thinking. You're developing the condition of the soul of your heart. You're learning to trust God and not be moved by other people. You're not as concerned about your reputation as you are about developing character and integrity in your heart. And as a result of that, as a result of it, you get to a place where God trusts you. When God asks me to do something that's difficult, I used to think, my gosh, you know, seems like everybody else is just always easy. You know, I'd make some whining, crying, complaining kind of thing. It just seems like it's easy. But man, you know, God, you're telling me, you know why? Because God has faith in me and he thinks I can do it. You know what I'm saying? We need to be honored when God tells us, listen, I've never done anything that was rewarding that wasn't difficult, and most of those things I didn't have enough finances when it started or enough ability or know-how how to accomplish it, but trusting God, it all got developed. I begin to resource myself and find out how to accomplish certain things. And listen, when you resource yourself in the natural and then the anointing gets on what you're resourcing yourself with, man, I mean, it's double trouble. For the devil. Amen? I'm here to rock the devil's world. You and I are on this planet to let the devil know he's defeated every day. He's defeated. And I will not be moved by what others think or this thinks or this person says or whatever. I will be connected to my trust in God. And I'm more concerned about or I'm more focused on that than I am anything else. And you know, that doesn't mean we're not responsible people. We don't take care of certain natural obligations and things that we have. That's just not first and foremost. You can take care of all the natural obligations, have all your ducks in a row and everything in the natural, and have no trust in God. And I'm telling you, the devil will come and shoot all your ducks dead. I mean, he'll take your ducks out. It's not about my ducks being in a row. It's about my trust and my faith in God. Can you say amen? The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly. Everybody say all too quickly. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. When you get off of the process that I'm talking about in life, and you get away from that because you get bored, 
You get focused on other things. Well, you know, I did this for a while, and it got me to this place, but now I need to do something different. doesn't mean you don't need to raise your standard and expectation and your goals for what God wants you to accomplish. But you never get off the foundation of how you got where you're at because it'll take you to the next level. But I'll just tell you this. To whom much is given, much is expected and required. That's why integrity and character has to be developed so deep in your heart because you've got to be able to take it to another level in integrity and character. Listen, ability will come. You know why? Because 1 Corinthians 1, towards the end of the chapter, go look at it. God doesn't call people that are equipped. God equips people that He calls. And if you develop the attitude and the character of your heart, and that's first and foremost, all the equipping in the natural to accomplish the task that is set before you, it'll come into your life. God will make sure of it. You'll find favor. Have people come across your path. You need ideas and understanding. I mean, you know, you may need something done and you find it on YouTube. I mean, I found a lot of things that I needed done on YouTube. But then I had to learn how to do it and do it. (laughs) YouTube didn't come and take care of it. I had to learn it. There's a lot of times God wants to teach you something, but he wants to teach you in ways that you're going to get it and that you're going to be able to put that to work. Can you say amen? And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, 100, even 100 times as much as had been planted. That's where God wants to take us to. But the only way to get there is what we read in Luke 16. Being faithful in the little things, being faithful in things that belong to other people, and being faithful in the natural possessions of the world. Because God wants you faithful with the true riches. And Colossians 1 says that the true riches are His anointing. I'll say it again. The true riches are God's anointing that He's given to you so that His super comes on your natural and what you do becomes supernatural experiences. That's what we want. We'll never get there if character and integrity is not developed. And you know where it starts? It starts with the drill. It starts with being faithful to follow through in the things that you say you're going to do. If you're not going to do them, just don't say them. Listen, you're not going to hold accountable for something that you thought and you had a good intention and you really wanted to follow through and you didn't. You wait until you know it's right and then say what you're going to say and then follow through with that thing. That's what matters with God. I'm telling you today that matters with God more than anything else. I want to read this last little piece here and I'll end with this. Verse 26. Uh, no. Where was I? Verse 21. Jesus said to them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. What he's talking about with the lamp is the Word. The Word is a light, and it's a lamp. It's a, a lamp and a light. It is, Psalm says, it's a, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, right? What he's talking about is the Word. Nobody's going to hear the Word and then just 
put it and hide it and don't do anything with it. No, no, no. The Word is here to uncover secrets in our heart so we can become what God wanted us to be. I'm not talking about uncovering secrets for the whole world to know. I mean, you know, some of that may happen with certain people, you know, if they're not willing to deal with their heart and let, because God, God always does things in secret for us, but it's brought to light so we can see clearly. That's the parable of the sower. If you understand this, you'll understand everything else. You don't understand this, you won't understand anything else. That's what he's saying. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone who hears Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And this is his teaching. What I'm teaching you is what he said. Amen? So... That verse 25 again, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Now hear me today. That is... What was just said right there is vital that you and I understand. So much of your day, so many days that you're walking with God, you're not going to feel like doing the Word. You're not going to feel like paying attention and listening to what God says. But if you will put faith and trust and confidence in the spoken word the power to produce is in the word itself where is all the power to produce an apple on a tree it's in the seed itself I I, I don't remember how many bushels that one apple seed can produce but it's a ton it's a lot The power to produce the apple is in the seed itself. Planting it, cultivating it, watering it, letting it grow, taking care of the tree, all that's important. But if you don't sow and do all the maintenance with it on a regular basis, the tree will die. It'll die out. If you and I don't allow the word to come out of our mouth and into our ears, and affect the way we see and the way we understand and allow it to unveil and reveal the secrets of our heart, if we don't allow that to happen on a day-to-day basis, nothing else will happen. You can sow financial seed, you can do all the other things in the natural, but if we don't make the changes in our heart that need to be made, it will stymie and stop everything that God wants done in your life. He gave us the plan. I encourage you to spend time reading and looking at different translations of Mark chapter 4 and paying attention to what that's saying. Because right there, right there reveals what needs to happen in each of our lives. And I'll just tell you, 
I, I expect in a year from now to need more maintenance done on the condition of my heart. In this past season, things I've been doing with my heart and, and developing in my heart, I didn't, the, the, in my head, tried to talk me out of thinking I needed more done. No more of that. I'm in a continual growth place and state in my life. I want to be more like God. I'm here to trust God. I'm not here to trust my reputation. I'm not here to trust in what other people think about me. I'm here to trust in the living God. Can you say amen today? I just want to pray for you today. Just close your eyes if you will. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the challenge today that you're giving each and every person in this place. There's a challenge to each and every person to trust you, to be more like you, but to trust you so you can trust them. And that development comes in understanding that revelation of the parable of the sower. Understanding that in their life. I, I, I believe for that to come alive on the inside of them. Even the teaching of the word today. They're not going to take that and go shove it under some desk somewhere, stick it in a, in, 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 you know, in a closet and shut the door. They're going to allow it to come alive on the inside of them. From this day forward, Lord, I believe that we see clear, we hear clear, and we have greater understanding than what we've ever had concerning who we are in you and who you are inside of us. Father, today we trust you and we honor you in this place and we give you the praise. And everybody said, amen and amen.